tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. Listening to Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio, in the building for a special edition of Pulse Sports on today. And it's going to be a quick one because I wanted to really talk to you all. Before my NBA update show on ColorCast on Thursday, that is going to be simulcasted on Pulse Radio. I'm sorry we couldn't get the ColorCast stream going, but I talked to my folks at ColorCast, one of the best apps out there, and they're going to make sure that we're good, and they might be doing a jersey giveaway. I got to tap in with them for that. But, man, a lot of great things going on. A great night of NBA basketball. A great week of NBA basketball, as a matter of fact. Hold up. You got to give it that, man, because the NBA season is starting off lit. A lot of great games, a lot of close games, and I just want to run it down really quickly. But let me give you a caveat, all right? Let me give you a really quick caveat. So as I'm recording this right now, my internet is down. I like to give real radio. I like to give real rap, all right? My internet is down right now. I am operating just off of my memory, and I have my iPad in front of me, I have the NBA app up and I have the Tuesday scores up. So don't expect to get expert analytical analysis. I'm just going to go off of what I saw with my eyes. Also a disclaimer. I have not had the opportunity to watch the totality of games or even the highlights from some of these games. And I will give you the games I didn't see. Uh, the Warriors and the Thunder did not get a chance to watch that game. Mavericks and Rockets didn't get a chance to watch that game. I did see the 76ers versus the Knicks. I color casted that. (laughs) And I got a lot to say about that one. The Lakers versus the Spurs. My internet went out again on last night. I don't know what Cox Cable is doing. However, I watched that game using my data. League pass comes in clutch. Yang man, give a hand clap for league pass. They disappointed me. They were down that first night, but they pulled through. All right, so I was able to watch League Pass and see the Lakers versus the Spurs, an amazing game. And I saw bits and pieces of the Jazz versus the Nuggets before I went to sleep. All right, so don't think I'm not a good NBA commentator, NBA analyst. Don't think that I'm human. And also the Internet's out because I was going to for sure watch all of these games, at least the highlights before I said anything. But we're going to talk about the games that I did watch. So let's talk about the Lakers and the Spurs first and get that out the way. The Lakers have been a interesting, entertaining, but disturbing team to watch, especially if you want LeBron to win his fifth championship. If you want LeBron to win his fifth championship, you want to see Russ work with the Lakers. And through three games, it wasn't working all that well. Of course, we saw what happened against the Warriors. Russ had single digits. He hit a triple single, and he really had six points, 
but he got a layup. They gave him eight points. That second game against the Suns, he still was a bit off, but he had a little bit more wiggle room. He was able to score more efficiently, get, get to the basket, but it still resulted in a loss. Against the Grizzlies, he looked a bit more comfortable, and LeBron was out there, and they started to run Russ in the pick and roll. Last night, LeBron wasn't out there. LeBron banged his right ankle. Remember, that's the same ankle that Solomon Hill ran into. So he had to sit out. So it was just Russ and AD. And when the trade happened, and a lot of folks were arguing, why don't you just trade Kuzma, Pope, and Harold for Buddy Hill? Because it makes more sense within the offense. You put another capable shooter around LeBron and AD, and then Buddy Hill has proven that he's not just he's not just a spot up shooter. But the reason why they got Russ, and I was even arguing this point, is they wanted an insurance policy. LeBron can get injured. He's getting up there in age. He's missed a lot of games as a Laker, including last year and also including 2018-2019 when they didn't even make the playoffs because he missed 27 games. So we have to factor that in. So LeBron is getting up there in age, and he's getting those, those injury minutes and the injuries that he seemingly avoided during his earlier years in the NBA. Now he's gotten older. That's just father time. That's just what that's just what happens. So instead of leaving Anthony Davis out there, who's also injury prone, as we saw last night, to fend for himself and try to carry the team on his back, they got Russ. So when LeBron sort of gets off or LeBron has to sit because of injury, Russ can step up and give you about the same productivity as LeBron. Now, granted, Russ is not the offensive genius that LeBron is. And also, LeBron's shot is more reliable. But Russ gives you pretty much what LeBron can give you. He can hit some mid-range shots. He can go to the rim at will. He can pass pretty well. He can help you out in rebounding. He's he's a triple-double waiting to happen. And he has intensity. He knows how to lead and rally a team. People go in on Russ, but that's one of the things with Russ that you cannot dispute. So this was Russ's moment to really show up and show everyone, listen, we're still figuring things out. But don't forget, I'm Russell Westbrook. So I have this score in front of me. Russ had 33 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists in a 125-121 to win over the Spurs. Hand clap. That's what we need. Russ, we need you to score. We need you to fill up the stat sheet. He got three steals as well. We need you to defend. He hit one three-pointer out of four. He wasn't just chucking up shots and then Russ hit an amazing dunk it looked like a layup it was almost like a 2k animation it looked like a layup but he yammed it down and and he dunked it I'm like oh okay okay 2k 22 all right that's something I do in 2k 22 Russ but Russ and AD playing together was interesting because Anthony Davis was the leading scorer he had 35 points 17 rebounds four assists with four blocks and Malik Monk 17 points and he hit Four three-pointers, including a very pivotal three-pointer towards the end of the game. We pulled up like about a few feet beyond the three-point line, and we all were like Malik Monk, no. And then he made it. I was like, yes, okay, it's tied. The game is tied right now. So shout-out to Malik Monk because he did that, man. But the Lakers without LeBron for the first time, I can say about any team, minus the Miami Heat when LeBron didn't play because he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, but still they would lose games. I think that Russ and AD together can be an amazing tandem if LeBron has has to sit out for a prolonged period of games because Russ is able to more freely get to the basket. He has the ball in his hands more. 
You still have an Anthony Davis that you can toss to. And then Carmelo Anthony, although Carmelo was not all that efficient last night, he had four points. But you still have scoring threats such as Malik Monk. Kent Bazemore can shoot. He made uh, one three-pointer, but Kent Bazemore can shoot. You have DeAndre Jordan that can catch lob passes. Dwight that can catch lob passes. So you have some weapons around Russ that can that, that he can make work. And Russ knows how to play within an offense, especially if he's running the offense and the offense is built around him. So I definitely expect for Russ to go back to OKC with his new team and beat the Thunder. And I expect for Anthony Davis to have a suitable game. Now, granted, Anthony Davis gave all of us a collective heart attack. Everyone that's rooting for the Lakers, when Anthony Davis went down after he banged his knee, oh my God, it looked like he popped a tendon. It looked like he hurt his Achilles. And I'm like, oh my God. He was groaning and oh my God. Uh, like, I was like, oh my man, LeBron, if you don't get up, if you don't get your Clark Kent looking self up off that bench, put it on your jersey and come on this court. That, that's how I felt. LeBron had on like a gray sweater with a gray fedora, some big glasses, but some shorts and like some gray sneakers. And I'm like, LeBron, like, you look like you're 36 years old, LeBron. Like, like, like that, like that's a that's a club fit in 2011. All right. Like, what is LeBron wearing? But I'm like, man, I need you to come on this court. Because at this point, if Anthony Davis gets injured, it's going to be hard to defend the street clothes argument from Charles Barkley. It'll be hard to. But he pulled it off. He came back. He seemed to be in a little bit of pain. He walked it off, played through it, got a pivotal tip-in bucket in overtime. If the Lakers can play with this type of productivity when LeBron's not playing, they're going to be dangerous. And I need for the NBA media to credit that. Now, granted, Currently, right now, I cannot tell you <laughs> what the NBA media is thinking. I cannot tell you what the NBA media is saying about the Lakers because my internet's off. However, I need you all to put some respect on that win. That was not an aberration. So let's talk about the 76ers and the Knicks. So I predicted, if you listen to my color cast, I predicted that the 76ers would win by five. But it was a guy that came in. And he said that the Knicks would win by 15. And he was a little bit off because the Knicks at the end of the day won by 13. He was actually pretty on the money. So this color cast thing is really cool because I have my radio set up with color cast. A lot of folks were loving the vibe. Shout out to everybody that tuned in. Shout out to Old Milk. Shout out to User. And shout out, man, to Kevin. Because, like, a lot of folks actually came through and, and tuned in. I want to be a featured caster on ColorCast. Now, I don't think that ColorCast was listening because that was supposed to be my tryout. But it's all good. Like, when my internet comes back up, I'm emailing them. Because we had a great time last night. We had an amazing time. And it was really lit. It was really cool. If I have to hop on uh, and do another game, I will on tonight. I might do the Blazers versus the Grizzlies. So, if you're listening to this, Make sure to tune in for that. I love ColorCast. But I want to play for you what Kevin said. So Kevin was watching the game with his dad. And Kevin's dad said, Knicks by 15. And Kevin's dad clearly is like Nostradamus. He's psychic, all right? Because Kevin put that in the chat. He wasn't that far off. So I got a chance to talk to Kevin about that prediction. 
you gotta love color cast man the hot seat it was amazing and the crazy part about it is that kevin walked back into the room like he came back in because i thought he just left and just said his piece and then dipped but he actually came back in and was like hey i was a little bit off but i got it right i'm like wow and i'm gonna tell you why kevin was right kevin was right because joel mb was put in a straight jacket like people say oh rj barrett puts people in a straight jacket i'm gonna tell you who puts folks in a straight jacket that mitchell robinson Joel Embiid had 14 points, but went two for seven. So why did Joel Embiid have 14 points after going two for seven? Well, Joel Embiid got 11 11 free throws and made 10 of them. So he was getting fouls, but he was not able to get it rolling. Now, Tobias Harris stepped up. He had 23 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, nearly a triple-double, hit two three-pointers. But Joel Embiid, he just could not get around the physicality that the Knicks were giving him. The Knicks doubled him every time he touched the ball. They forced him to take outside shots to which they gave him a little bit of space. He got in the post. Mitchell Robinson was bodying him up. And Mitchell Robinson was hanging on to him. Mitchell Robinson was hanging on to that man like an ornament from a Christmas tree. And by the way, Christmas is my birthday, man. That's my born day. So I need y'all to show some love for Christmas. It's coming up. All right. We're skipping Thanksgiving. We're skipping Halloween. Christmas coming up. All right. So... Just got to always, always have to say that, all right? Joel Embiid was very ineffective, and with without Ben Simmons, that is going to be how the offense looks if Joel Embiid is your center focus. Now, granted, I don't mind Joel Embiid being the central focus of the offense and you putting him in the post and trying to just dominate and take bigs you know, to the basket and use your strength to just yam it down like Shaq used to do. But without shooters that are on their A game because Seth Curry, surprisingly, no three-pointers last night. Shot four, didn't make any. Now, Danny Green made four, and he had 12 points, but Seth Curry is your best shooter on the team. He has none. This is why folks are saying, listen, trade Ben Simmons right now. If you can get Dame for him, they take that trade in a second because you need a second star to take that load off of Embiid because it's easy to collapse on Embiid because Embiid can shoot. He has the capability to shoot, but he's not a reliable shooter. So it's easy to just put the defense, like just say, hey, collapse on Embiid, and they'll close it in. But the Knicks look great, and I talked about it in my NBA show when we talked about that Wednesday matchup, one of the games of the year, if not going to go down as the game of the year between the Celtics and the Knicks, both of their first games in Madison Square Garden, and the Knicks are serious. And I had um Old Milk, okay? Th- this guy's name, his, his act name is Old Milk, but they, they have a podcast. He has a podcast called Old Milk Media. But we actually talked about the Knicks with Kevin. And Old Milk said this, and I want to bring this up on the podcast. I think that the Knicks might get a top four seed again. Maybe they move up if the 76ers have games like this. They might move up the top three. Out of all of the teams playing, and we're going to see a definitive matchup that's going to be interesting. And I might color cast that or I might color cast the game between the Packers and the Cardinals because that's going to be a really good game. But you're going to see a great basketball game as well. The Knicks and the Bulls are going to be the game to watch in the East because based on these new superpowers in the East, especially with 
you know, the Bucks are not looking perfect. They're they're losing games and they're looking very Giannis dependent and they have a lot of injuries. And I'm telling you, the loss of PJ Tucker is gonna matter when you have, you know, like those wings, those scoring wings. Like, bro, like PJ Tucker will guard him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you lose PJ Tucker, he goes to the Heat. The Heat are another scary team. The Heat are gonna play the Nets on tonight. And then the Bulls and the Knicks on tomorrow. You're going to see who really is that real team because what you're going to see from the Knicks and the Bulls in their schedule, you're going to see them play like teams that are playoff contenders that they might see in the playoffs because the Bulls are 4-0 right now. The Knicks are going to be their first test to see if they're really legit because I like their lineup, but the Knicks defense is something else, man. That defense, Tom Thibodeau has them boys playing like NFL defense. <laughs> like They knock you around. Sometimes they'll get a foul call. Sometimes they won't. Of course, they get they get the call more than, than they don't because Joel Embiid did have 10, 10 foul shots he made, 11 attempts. He shot 10 of 11 from the foul line. So they'll catch you every now and then. But Julius Randle balls. Now, granted, he did not play all that well last night. Only 16 points, but he did get 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He is leading the break. He's playing almost like a LeBron Zion type of point forward spot. He's playing a lot like that and is actually working for the team because normally you find that point guard and that Kimball Walker or Derrick Rose or quickly, they'll bring the ball up the court. But you have Randall get the rebound and then he'll just go and just dribble it and then go in and score it. I think that that's very effective and the fact that you can do that with your power forward, that's special. And then especially the fact that now Julius Randle has found a three-point shot. He was two or five last night. That's going to be able, that's going to stretch the defense, man. And that keeps the, that keeps the offense just flowing and the defense on his toes. 48, I don't know what's going on with, bro. He had 18 points last night. Evan Fournier has actually been balling a little bit. He scored 19 points a game this season in that starting lineup. Like, he's really stepped up for New York, man. The New York lights are getting to him, all right, and in a good way. So, Kimball Walker had 19 points to lead his team. And Kimball Walker, I believe, is starting to settle into his groove a bit. Kimball Walker's point percentage going into the game last night, he was averaging 10 points a game. But, of course, these 19 points that he got last night helped him middle it out at 12.5, all right? But Kimba was going in five made three-pointers on 11 attempts. Pretty efficient, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, with, with, like with his shot, he was making those mid-range shots. He kept the game out of reach at the 76ers, tried to get back in. And Derrick Rose coming off the bench, that's going to be your secret weapon. The fact you have Derrick Rose, a veteran, who has no quorums and no problem coming off the bench, and then he can give you productivity, he made one three-pointer, and he didn't, you know, pass the ball around as much. He was more so a scorer. But the fact you have a former MVP coming off the bench that understands the game and that plays with intensity still, that's going to be deadly. The Knicks are very deep. And I think that what it's going to come down to is how deep is your team? How deep is your team, especially in the East? In the West, the Lakers aren't all that deep, but I think they have some great players that if they get it rolling, they're going to be fine. The Jazz really are the only team in the West that I can say are like deep, legitimately, like have players at every position that can go deep into their bench and still come up with good lineups. But the East has a lot of them. The Heat, the Hawks, the Bulls, the Knicks. 
Do not sleep on these teams. Now, I won't say the Hornets are deep, but the Hornets are looking really good. With LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Miles Bridges, they're looking really good over there in North Carolina, man. So the East is looking scary. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, look out for the Hawks, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Heat. Super duper deep. So just pay attention to that. All right. Now let's talk about the Nuggets and the Jazz. The little bit that I was able to see. Once again, the Jazz are probably to me the deepest team in the NBA. And if you held a gun to my head, hold, and don't hold a gun to my head, all right? I'm already suffering enough on the internet. But if you held a gun to my head and said, Randall, tell me right now, who's the best team in the NBA? I said the Jazz. I said the Jazz. Because the Jazz still have the existing team from last year. You have Mike Conley that's coming back from injury. You have Donovan Mitchell that was injured as well. He's coming back. And you added Hassan Whiteside, and then you add Rudy Gay. Now, granted, Rudy Gay didn't play last night, but Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay adding to that already stacked team is a problem. And a lot of teams are going to have a problem with the fact that, like, the Jazz can legitimately rest their players in a 48-minute game. Like, their star players don't have to play the whole entire game. Like, for example, like, you look at, like, a Russell Westbrook, right? And we have to factor in that they went into overtime. But with Russ, Russ played 39 minutes. Anthony Davis played 42. And it was overtime. But Russ played 39 minutes. Anthony Davis, 42. Even the Spurs. Let's look at the Spurs. DeJounte Murray played 40 minutes. Now, go back to the Jazz. The Jazz, Donovan Mitchell played 34. Rudy Gobert, 33. Mike Conley, 30. And you get deep into that bench. You have Ingles that plays 27. Jordan Clarkson, 23. So you have two perennial six-man six men of the year candidates on your bench. That's a deep team. That's a team that I believe if they can get over the hump in the playoffs, can contend for the NBA Finals. Now, I don't think they get past the Lakers, but that doesn't mean they won't. That doesn't mean they won't contend with the Nuggets as they knocked them off. Now, granted, Nikola Jokic did go out. He got injured. He went out. And I think that was more so a precautionary method to make sure he was fine. And, you know, I don't knock that because it's early in the season. You already don't have Jamal Murray. You don't want to lose your MVP. You don't want to lose him. But the Jazz are going to be scary for any team because they can hit you with so many different lineups, and then you can rest your Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, star players. So that game was supposed to be back and forth. I thought that game was going to go down to the wire because it was like a prize fight, man. The Nuggets. They hit first, and the Jazz hit. Then the Nuggets hit. Then the Jazz hit. Then the Nuggets get a little bit of a run. They up by five. Then the Jazz get a run. They up by seven. It was a really high-paced game, and I think all of these Nuggets games are going to be like that because remember how that playoff series in the bubble went. Last year, you had Donovan Mitchell scoring 40-50. You had Jamal Murray scoring 40-50. Like, that was a really good series that gets slept on because the Nuggets came back from 3-1, and then the bigger story from that bubble was the Clippers collapse. The Jazz collapsed too, but they just played a little bit better in their collapse. So Jamal Murray wasn't out there, but that still was a really good game. A really back and forth until we found out midway into the third quarter that Jokic wasn't coming back out because I think it was his knee. And while they still were trading blows and trading punches almost literally, but they were trading blows. They were like prize fighters out there. It just got away from him in the fourth quarter. It got away from him. 
It just simply did. And, and there's nothing more you can say. Utah outscored Denver 31-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter for a 110-122 win. And then let's not forget this too. One more thing, because this just validates what I'm saying about the bench and how the bench is going to be crazy. Utah's bench outscored Denver's bench 42 to 13. Utah is the best team in the NBA right now, undisputed. I still want to see the Bulls. The Warriors are looking really good, and the Warriors did beat the Lakers and the Clippers, but I want to see the Warriors against, like, the East contenders. I want to see the Warriors against, like, teams that, like, legitimately can beat them. I want to see the Warriors against the Jazz, the Heat, the Bulls, the Knicks. That's what I want to see. Because right now, I think their schedule is going to be the tadest bit soft. I hate to say it. It's going to be the tadest bit soft. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to see, like, a. I think in, in the next 10 games, I think, like, I feel like the Warriors will go 9-1. and one. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think the Jazz, undisputed, are the best team until someone knocks them off. And we have to check their schedule. But I think the Jazz are going to be pretty good, and they might go into the first 10 games. I don't know. They might be undefeated. Now, don't quote me on that. That's not an official prediction because I cannot look definitively at the schedule because my internet's not up. I'm running off of an iPad and the NBA app, so I cannot tell you <laughs> like what their schedule is off top. But the Jazz looked very impressive. One note about the Lakers versus Grizzlies game. One note about the Lakers versus the Grizzlies game before I go is John ja Morant, all right? Before I go. John Morant is a star, and we have to start treating him like that. I know he was taken second to Zion Williamson, and Zion was the clear-cut number one pick. And the NBA media tends to only talk about the stars that they try to create, and also they talk about the bigger market teams. The Grizzlies are not a big market, but John Morant is averaging 35 points through three games. He had a masterful performance against the Clippers, and the Lakers against the Lakers, he scored 40 points and almost single-handedly beat the Lakers with four top 75 players. Should be five because Dwight should have been in there by himself. I need folks to put some respect on John Morant's name. Now, as an Allen Iverson fan, I love John Morant because John gives me that Allen Iverson type intensity and energy, although they do play two separate games with Allen Iverson being more finesse, although he could drive to the basket and get dirty. John Morant just consistently has like a Westbrook, Derrick Rose type ambition to get to the basket. He's quick, but he's also controlled. I need y'all to really look at John and give John that respect because he deserves it at this point. So I need y'all to look at the Grizzlies. If you have ESPN, if you have League Pass, if your internet is on by the night, because y'all might have to tell me how the game goes because if my internet's not on, I can't watch it. But Y'all need to watch that Blazers versus Grizzlies game. It's national. You're going to see Job versus Dane. And my prediction is that the Grizzlies win that game by 10. And John Morant is going to outperform Damian Lillard. Come back to me. I'm going to do the NBA update tomorrow. Let me know how I went if my internet doesn't work. But book it. John Morant is going to show the world he's one of the top five point guards in the NBA on tonight. But that's it for me. Make sure to follow me on ColorCast at Randall Barnes and make sure to follow Pulse Radio on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok at Pulse Radio 100 and YouTube 
at Pulse Radio. And I might be color casting if my internet is working. I might be color casting that Blazers versus Grizzlies game. And you'll see what I'm talking about. All right. But thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you on the other side. You're listening to Pulse Radio. (laughs) 